What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. If it's your first time coming to hang out, let me quick give you a rundown of how the show is laid out so everybody knows what's in store for today. The name of the podcast is actually the three sections of the podcast, and today their content will be filled as following. In the Buds section, I got some news some Pennsylvania people might be happy about. Also going to ask my co-host a very special question. In the Bros, my co-host is a podcast fucking champion. So we're going to talk about podcasting, starting them, running them, all the fun stuff that comes with that. And then finally, in Superheroes, we're going to talk about the new Mortal Kombat movie. I'll put it right up front. Spoilers. My name is Nick James, and today I am joined by someone who's become a really good friend. I mean, it's really fucking awesome, to be honest. Third time coming back to co-host my show with me. I've been on his show being a co-host. We're really just forming this awesome podcast internet friendship. It's 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 great. Please, everybody, say hello to Daniel from the Reasons I'm Broke podcast. And Daniel, please say hello to everybody. Hey, everyone. Thank you, Nick, for having me back on, and I am excited to jump into Mortal Kombat today as you mentioned and it's always fun to have you on the show and and to be on yours is a privilege so thank you for having me back on uh it is it, it's awesome to be able to share this on the other side as well and the best part not needing to edit any of this <laughs> very true yeah that's that's always the best part is the very the editing time on our episodes are very very short you know and mostly it's me just going Oh, God. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Last week, we had JD on, and he kind of came up with, I don't know if he came up with it, but he used it. He he had the word three-peat. So this is your three-peat time on here, because this is your third time already on Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. Can you believe it? No, I can't. It feels like my second time, maybe, or first. I I don't know. Like It it still doesn't feel like like we've been been doing this a few times, but three-peat, you're building up the guest list. It's great. Thank you. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for coming on, and thank you for being here so much. We're going to get this show started the way we always do, by entering into the bud section. So, Mr. Daniel, you yourself are not a traveler of the green, but I did have an important question that we're going to get to at the end of this, revolving around the movie. It's kind of what I like to do here a lot. Before we get to that, though, I had a little bit of news, if you didn't mind. Yeah, let's go in. For all my listeners who are in my home state, Pennsylvania marijuana polls show the highest ever support for legalization. If you want to read the full one, go to marijuanamoment.net. But basically what this says is a new poll of results out in Pennsylvania show that nearly 6 in 10, 58% adult residents support the complete legalization of marijuana in the Commonwealth, which is the highest support of legalization since the Muhlenberg College annual public health poll began tracking the issue. So yay, Pennsylvania. Everybody seems to just want to be able to get their smoke on, be able to just be like, it's weed, let's just stop it already, and fully legalize the complete use of marijuana. As someone that has resided in Pennsylvania, does it feel like your that state was one of the last ones that would have accepted this kind of poll? It's pretty funny you say that because I'm a Jersey transplant to mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, and like the second I leave, they're like, hey, we'll legalize marijuana here. And it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> why you did? Why did you do me like that? Here in Florida, it feels like they would be down with everything, but it's also a weird state because it's got a bunch of northerners and it's got people that were born here who are they don't consider themselves southerners, but they do. And it's this weird amalgam of different opinions and different. I mean, you'll see the divide sometimes when it comes to these voting, when the, when the polls, when people show up for voting every four years. And uh, it, it's one of those things where I was just curious to see how that felt in your end that it, it feels like it's widely accepted because I, I feel like in nationwide, that's kind of been the consensus 
with a lot of states where they have already legalized it. Has it, has it not been a majority of the country yet? No, not full majority if we're talking all 50. A good amount. I mean, if we're talking full recreational just use, that's where really a lot of uh, states have gone medical, but it's the recreational and that behind it that some states are really pumping the brakes on. I did a quick search of your home state, and right now adult use, uh, recreational or medical is illegal in Florida. Possession of 20 grams of marijuana or less is considered a misdemeanor, and you can go to jail up to a year or face a $1,000 fine. I didn't know that the medical portion was not legalized in Florida because I always see all of these CBD shops all the time. And this shows how little I know about this thing. But, you know, they've got the leaf all over the the stores. And is that just a way to get around uh, being able to to smoke marijuana? Is, is CBD oil something that's just like a, a substitute for actually smoking? I was actually wrong. It is medically available in Florida. Okay. I just had to re- refine my search. That was that was my, bad on my part. But to explain your question or to explain your answer, marijuana has two components, THC and CBD. THC is the psychoactive one that leads to the quote-unquote reefer madness that you might see, mm-hmm. where CBD has more of a calming effect, less of a mental high, and that's what, you know, you can give your dog CBD. They sell CBD dog treats at like Petco and shit like that. Okay, gotcha. So it's not... All right, because that's that's kind of what I was wondering about, too, because those those shops remind me of what used to be the what are the electronic cigarettes, the vaping shops. So it seems like all the vape shops were replaced with these things. And and that's what I'm seeing all over Florida over the last year or two. It's kind of to go with what you were saying, but also take a little detour. Has the vape shop come and gone in huge numbers like it has here as well? Basically, yeah, there we still have a hookah hookah lounges and those are still a thing but for the most part it's cbd that has taken over that's funny i remember every other place you know like cloud city vape (laughs) dragon vapes are us and then all of a sudden they're just gone and people are still getting them though i I know several people that have and i don't know if those are vapes vape uh, devices either but they're like these rectangle long longer sticks and they're like high tech compared to what vapes vape things were where they'll beep and they have lights on them and shit and and i'm like all right so are those the new vaping things or is that a whole different thing but then they'll tell me that they're they have nicotine in them so i don't know i think it's just maybe the technology has advanced but you might you might know better on that end both in the weed world and in the nicotine world you could just go in and buy a pre-made pod that they just hand to you and you just start puffing it right away. There's no charging. There's no nothing. You're just hit with either the nicotine or the THC, depending on which way you go. And boom, it's just there. There's no tank. There's no unscrewing. There's no nothing. You just open that fucking box and you're ready to rock and roll. Gotcha. Okay. Well, going back to this article of being the highest ever support for the legalization, to me, you know, I don't, it's not, I've done it. I've smoked before. It's not something that I do today, but it's kind of makes sense as someone who, you know, I am an alcoholic and, and someone that it, it's legal to drink wherever, you know, you, you at, at all states you can drink, and at least in the U.S. So to legalize marijuana, which seems to be, I think, a less harmful drug or, or substance than alcohol, I think uh, that does make sense from just a safety standpoint of, well, if we're going to well, want there's a there's all the stuff with crime and and you'd cut down on the number of people going to you know being stuffed at in jails but you know if you're going to allow alcohol then why not anything that's less dangerous than that agreed yeah many states i know that colorado is either been one that's going further with other psychedelics of just making them legal to kind of stop the crime rate a little bit to stop the 
underground market and stuff like that kind of staying the same thing you know if it's a personal responsibility to enjoy all of these things responsibly Mm -hmm. and kind of back to the health and marijuana versus alcohol of there are side effects to smoking weed in terms of health wise especially if you're smoking weed you know actually taking a fire to it burning it and exhaling smoke compared to the vaping in which we talked about or edibles or tinctures rubbins anything like that but alcohol like destroys your your liver and stuff it, it's it's really bad and over the time it could show really bad health effects whereas weed not so one but definitely definitely a little bit less and to be honest stone people are much more agreeable than drunk people yeah that's true <laughs> that's very true I, I work in retail many years of retail and from experience that is 100 percent true i've had to ban i've never had to ban anyone from being too high in the store i've had to ban someone from being too drunk in the store i kind of want to hear that story though how drunk were they <laughs> <laughs> they were they were trying to fight another customer, another parent in the store, and I had oh my to, God. and it's tough to reason that that shit because when you're trying to tell them, hey, you gotta calm down, you gotta leave, you gotta, I'm gonna call the police to them. It, they, you know, he started getting belligerent, and then started getting sad, and then he started getting angry, and then finally, the the dude got upset, the 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 parent, and he was just like, hey. Get the fuck. He raised his voice in the store. He's like, get the fuck out of here. I'm calling the police right. And that's when the drunk guy's like, fuck you. And he ran out. And and the next day he, you know, he, he apologized. He made amends. But I was like, OK, well, just so you know, because of that behavior, you cannot be in here anymore. And, you know, it's unfortunate. It was uh, someone that was a semi regular, someone that we were all familiar with because of these past behaviors. But this reached a point where we were like, OK, this is not cool. You know, you can't be fighting other clientele and you can't be scaring customers in the store by trying to fight another customer. So that's it's it, it is what it is, you know, and I told them, you know, just get the help you need. And I don't know. I hope they did. It just sucks having to do that. But that's sometimes you, you got to deal with deal with that and, and way more in the world of retail. I've accepted that. That's insane. I'm almost at a loss for words. You know, many a times I've been to a comic book store, many different comic book stores over many different states and can't say I've ever seen someone want to fight someone else or even just get loud you know i think that our group of people who like who would find themselves in comic book shops regularly Mm -hmm. aren't really loud aggressive people to begin with for the most part the subscribers are very timid very i don't want to cause trouble to the point where they will hover around the counter instead of getting in line because they feel that getting in line is them intruding on us <laughs> who might be working on a project or, you know, whatever it may be. But, you know, that I've gotten that's another thing that because of that type of personality, when they're hovering around the counter, I get to be like, are you all set? Yeah, yeah, I'm all set. And then they'll come up. So you're right. It is not common to see that. But when I do, and it has nothing to do with alcohol or if they're not on any substance, but it's usually when they're, and this is how long I've worked at um, a comic shop at this point, I've kind of analyzed these things on, on slow days where they're really insecure about themselves. And that's when they will get loud about things like, oh man, I love this and I love Batman. And I love, you know, and that's where it gets a little like, all right, relax, just be yourself. What's up? What's going on? And when they try to kind of overcompensate with their knowledge of these characters because they're trying to impress the guy behind the counter. And it's like, we don't care. We just want to, you know, what what are you looking for? Cool. If you want to talk movies and stuff, great. But, you know, don't go out of your way to try to impress us or impress your friend while you're in the store with them. I see that a lot where they'll they'll try to, like you know teach their friend hey this character showed up here and and then they're saying things that are completely wrong and but you know that's one thing that i'm just like whatever <laughs> that's the other end of of that spectrum you just hit my nail twice on the head there you know shout out to comics of the green downtown scranton go there spend your money people 
I did that just days ago. <laughs> Which I part? Am that guy, where I had my book and I had my, I got this sweet. Are they still called? I, I think it's a short box, not a long box. It's awesome. It's it's the oh, Justice yes, League yes, of yes. America, and they all have the star rose on their fucking mm-hmm. face. I think it's Justice League 190 is the actual cover. Oh man, it is so sweet. But I had the book. I bought the uh, th- three Jokers. I didn't have the third book, so I had the three Jokers, and I had my box in my hand, and they were doing stuff. And I was just standing there, like, uh, I wish I could spend some <laughs> money, I guess, because I don't. Like you just said, it's so funny. You plucked the words out of my head. It was like you're. They're busy. They're very busy with their comic book store stuff. I I, I dare not bother them. <laughs> and then at the end, they have their wall books behind them. And they have a really great selection. The one that I like, they have... Oh, it's so cool. They actually have the Secret Wars oh, that nice. you and Kelly tried to sell to the comic book men. Yeah, I think it's number eight. You guys... I, Spidey. Yes, I just... I, I go through that show all the time. And every time you're on, I'm just like, I fucking know these people. <laughs> I also know somebody else on that show. If you remember the first season, it was a lady trying to sell her Barbies. Vaguely remember, yeah. There were Barbies, but it was like Wonder Woman Barbie and Batgirl Barbie. Yes. So I know that I work with her. What a small oh, fucking cool. world. Great show, but I always have that on the background, and you guys were just on selling that Secret Wars, so they had that up in my in my comic book store, if you will, and as I was leaving, I was doing that. Not to impress the person behind, like, I don't think so, but I was like, that one's awesome, that's the first time that like the Venom suit's kind of brought in, and all of a sudden, Spidey's black, and... <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna apologize to you on behalf of all of us. <laughs> now, I think it's just one of those things, again, where you don't want to intrude, you don't want to... It, it's, it's the way Kelly tells me all the time, like, if she works at a coffee shop, and when the drink doesn't come out right, I'm just like, oh, well, I'll just, and you, you just talked about it, I think, two episodes ago, where I'm like, oh, well, I'll just finish it, and, you know, I asked for this, or if I try something new, and I don't like it, I will just drink it all, because I paid for it, and that's what I asked for, and her thing is like, no, in food service, we don't care, like, you're not intruding, tell us that you don't like it, and we'll remake it, or we'll give you something else, and I'm like, no, I'm an asshole, because I ordered something that I don't like, <laughs> so that's, I get it, I get it, because I do the same thing at other places. Yeah, I think I was talking about, like, oh, I don't want to take the tomato off my Whopper, because they're going to yes. think I'm a fucking asshole. That's the one. <laughs> but now, with the almighty Palpa Kelly's blessing, I'm going to go up to every single place and be like, I don't like this, make a new one, the emperor tells you so. <laughs> you know what, put the tomato back on make a third one <laughs> cut it in quarters i want my <laughs> tomato to be a square no circles <laughs> to wrap on out of this bud section i was going to ask you the question i've kind of really enjoyed getting to do this with the different movies that we watch so if you're a past listener you kind of know what's going to be coming here but daniel if i were to say that you could smoke with anybody in the mortal Kombat universe and then you would get their power for the rest of that day who would you want to smoke with so my answer was is Raiden because of the teleportation powers, you know, being able to save a ton of time in just being able to go from point A to point B. And who knows if in 200 years, we'll already have that kind of technology or a thousand years where driving is a thing of the past, but just being able to go anywhere using Raiden's powers, being able to charge things with my phone. We live in a world where we're probably going to have more and more technology in the future. So that seems like it'd be handy unless we move away from electricity, but that's my answer. But the other thing is if, if I want to hang out with them, then it would be Shang Tsung because I would want to see 
what a high Shang Tsung would transform into, what his transformations would look like. Kind of, it reminds me a little bit of Clayface when he's weaker and he starts doing these awesome, cool, different shapes in the animated series when Batman was defeating him. And so Shang Tsung, I think, would be an interesting one to just watch high or just talk to high and seeing them tra- change into different personalities throughout the whole thing. What a great fucking answer. Oh, man. Oh, man, I really like that last one. Yeah, just be like if you're sitting, just be like, all right, now turn into this person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My answer was going to be, I think, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. Goro. Is that right? All right. Yeah, yeah. That's the guy with the two extra arms, right? That's right. Fuck yeah, dude. I don't know if you remember Spider-Man, the animated series, when they went through the Neogenic Nightmare mm-hmm. saga and Peter Parker. I think he actually got two extra arms, so he had six, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was a real freak. Obs- <laughs> yeah, dude. I've been obsessed with having extra limbs since that. I and, don't know what it is, but I would love two extra arms. Well, you think of all the extra work you could accomplish, the extra stuff you can do just throughout your day with I mean, you think of one hand of people that, you know, have you know, birth defect or they lose a limb and how difficult it is. But it, imagine doubling all of your all of that power, really. And and that's a good answer, too. That's uh, probably as useful as teleporting more, probably more useful than teleporting from A to point B. That'll save you way more time. But on the flip side of that, like Goro, kind of like I'm not too familiar. So I'm I'm going to apologize to everybody for later in the Mortal Kombat when I don't know what I'm talking about. But he kind of seemed like a dick. So I don't know if getting him high would be good or not. Like we did mm. talk about, you know, high people usually don't attack you. But who knows if Goro is just like, this will be funny and just smashes the fuck out of me right there. You know what I mean? I didn't That's think true. about that. Yeah. So you're I mean, it's a high risk, high reward. Good call. Same thing with like Sub-Zero. Yeah, I could freeze stuff. But dude might just want to kill me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get on. No, that was the other guy. Oh, that'd be great, though, if you could be Scorpion and your bongs on the other side of the room or something like that. Get over here. <laughs> <laughs> we ha- we got to go there nick uh with the extra limbs think about sex <laughs> i mean you'd be like dr manhattan a little bit in the novel when he's multiplying himself you'd be able to really please your partner if they're into that and i mean that's another thing that we got to go there oh yeah no if you're happy to go there i am too because you know i think it's 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 so funny there's a meme where it's like men how to please men in bed and it's a light switch and it's how to please women in bed, and it's a control board. <laughs> yes, exactly. See, although the extra limbs might still not be enough. No, but it'll put me fucking better up there, you know? It'll, it's got to give me an edge of something. That's right. Like maybe an extra little bit less. I don't know. It'll, it'll get you something somewhere. I want you to pinch both nipples and smack my ass. And you're like, I could fucking do that now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, thanks. I mean, you're not doing it right, but you know, you're trying. So pay <laughs> for effort there. That's right. Now we, we know too well. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to end the bud section. And with that, we could head on into the pro section where I've got one of the masters of podcasting with me. Are you interested in starting a podcast? We're going to give you some pro tips coming up right now. So, sir, I'm not I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm not even blowing smoke up your ass. I really do consider you a master of podcasting. What episode are you currently on in your podcast? Well, that's very kind of you to say. While I've been doing this since 2012, it feels like I'm still learning, especially right now when we're, you know, I'm doing this rotating co-host thing, which is great because it's another opportunity to grow. Uh, so very much, a, I feel like a student at this still. And uh, currently at 454, 454 episodes. That's a lot of podcasting, man. Yeah, you're, I appreciate your humbleness, but in terms of needing, what is it, uh, 10,000 hours or 100,000 hours of something to be a master, like, you're fucking 
far, dude. Good for you. That's amazing. I was just thinking yesterday on the amount of, I wanted to calculate the amount of time a week I put into editing and recording a podcast and then multiplying it by eight years, but I didn't want to feel like, holy shit, I've, I've used up a year of my life podcasting or, you know, I didn't want to quite go there. But then I also thought, you know what? And you probably feel the same way. We're creating something. We're putting something out into the world that for the most part we feel is going to be on the internet or be around for probably longer than we are. So I think it feels almost like not maybe not quite to the level of artwork, but it does feel a little bit like that. Like you're putting out something creative into the world that can be enjoyed uh, beyond the time that we're here. Oh, I definitely would consider it artwork. And I'm going to steal your line from you when we were talking about it and how you used to describe the making of your show. You know, you didn't say you make it or you produce it. You said that you curate it. And that mm-hmm. kind of spoke to me on so many different levels because it's more than just the talking into the microphone and something I'm trying to copy you with in terms of the way you market yourself and the way out you're on so many different platforms. You're on so with so many different posts and all that. Like it is an entire world that you're creating and curating and sending out there. So fuck yeah, I would 100% say it's art. Well, it doesn't feel so so bad then now. <laughs> like I'm, I might look, I might actually calculate it and time my weekly uh, hours that I, that we put into this and really see how much is going into a part of my life is going into the show. But you know, as as you and I have talked about this before, if we hadn't been enjoying any step of this, I don't think we'd go at this too long. You know, it'd be it, it still has to remain a hobby. While yes, we treat it as work sometimes in some days. At the end of the day, it is a hobby that I think we both enjoy immensely, and that's why it continues, you know, in spite of the time that it gets put in every week, in spite of, you know, maybe one day or one week, the numbers are a little bit lower than usual or whatever, but it's because we enjoy doing this that all of those things don't really matter. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If I was doing this, if I didn't want to do this, I for sure wouldn't be doing this. And if I was doing this for the quote unquote listeners, you know, if there are people out there listening, not that I don't love you, there's not a lot of them right now. So I'm not doing this for anything other than the fact of what you're saying in the idea of I like to curate this. I like to get on here. I very much like that it's kind of moved to a co-hosting or a rotating thing. Now I'm talking to a bunch of people, learning a bunch about a whole group of people. You and I have become better friends than Mm -hmm. I never would have expected hitting subscribe on that first episode that I listened to. You know, it's great. It's, It's super amazing how far it's been able to get the reach absolutely and you had mentioned you know some of the listenership and some of the numbers and i forgot who originally put this out in the podcasting world but to kind of translate the number of people that download an episode compared people compare this to youtube numbers or to uh you know tv broadcast numbers and it's like podcasting is a whole different world it's not as large as YouTube or television. So someone said, think of it this way, where the number of people that you have downloading your episode, now translate that into them physically sitting at a conference, listening to you speak, and then showing up every week. That number that you get as an average, that's the, let's say it's 40 people, 40 people sitting down every week to listen to you talk. That's huge, you know, and it's because we don't see it physically that it doesn't feel like a large number to us, but it is, it is a huge deal. Yeah, fucking A, when you put it that way, it is. (laughs) That's awesome. Even for the one or two people, like, wow, you showed up again. That's amazing. I've just Mm -hmm. got a filthy fucking mouth and every now and then an opinion and you're here to listen. That's amazing. Thank you. Good call, dude. See, you're you're a master. You're a guru. You're everything (laughs) when it comes to podcasting. (laughs) 
I've just, I've just picked up a, a little something along. I've listened a little bit more than uh, than nor- usual. I'm not I'm not good at listening, but sometimes something creeps in there that's I'm like, oh shit, that's true, and I remember it. And if I'm not mistaken, we might have actually said it in our previous one. Was it uh, it was Kevin Smith that kind of threw out the the call at the end of whatever podcast he was at the point of saying, hey, you could do this, too. Now look at me. I'm just a fat, stupid idiot making a podcast. If I could do it, you could do it. And you took up that call, correct? Yeah, that was about, again, eight years ago. And I don't think he pushes it as now he's more about just make a movie or make, you know, he's more broad about start do your thing but back then he was pushing podcasting hard and he was saying you know record with the thing in your pocket that has a microphone boom you have a podcast record you know you and your friends talking boom you have a podcast and and you know it's not to say that it doesn't take a lot of work to make it decent content but that all comes with it that comes with the the ease of just being able to create it and put it out into the world is amazing and that's something that he was very big on back then too because he's like when i was growing up it was a lot harder to make Make a film or make a radio program and put it into the world for people to enjoy. And But today we're able to create it. And then within minutes, it's online for people to enjoy. You can stream live to hundreds of people and they can see you and they can hear you. And so to him, it's amazing and it's huge. And, and he wants more people that are creative or that have this creative edge to put it out into the world and to take advantage of these tools that he did not have as as a child or as a teenager and probably even as a kid because i'm sure he wanted to do something like this when he was real young so when i after hearing weeks of him because i was an avid listener uh hearing weeks of him telling the listeners to why don't you start something and and put it out there into the world and i finally i guess got enough of a push to take that first step and then kelly and i who graciously agreed to do this with me it started off as a podcast and youtube show not necessarily with video on us talking but i would put up images that reflected what we were discussing on the podcast and then eventually i made it i i focused i'm like okay you know my focus is too split let me just focus it on audio only and then from there i was able to slowly uh improve the content and that was that's still my goal today is to just continue to improve the content but yeah it was originally kevin smith and and i i know for you that he's been a, a huge influence Yes, we'll leave it at that. Huge is definitely the best way to describe it. It was also the same call that I picked up when I did my first podcast. It was called Gluttons for Geekdom. Good time. We made it to 37 episodes, uh, which was fitting considering Kevin Smith was the one who threw out the call. So 37 was pretty (laughs) funny. I think that's why I made it to 37, if I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But that's kind of what I want to do here a little bit. Not knocking him, but he has kind of stopped that. You know, he's he like you said, he is just just make something. You know, if as long as your dream doesn't involve killing small children, go ahead and make your dream count. Mm -hmm. But with us, no, I kind of wanted to push that a little bit further to say if you're out there and you're like, oh, man, these guys are making a podcast. That's awesome. I wish I could. You, You can. You know, I think you just briefly put out there so much of like you could just do it on your phone just get something started and get it out there is definitely my first kind of advice if you will i do have also a article if you want to read the full thing go to podcastinsights.com slash start a podcast it had a little a lot of great stuff on it but definitely my first thing is kind of what you said of hopefully this is the push this is the last time you hear hey start a podcast before you actually start a podcast it always takes that extra push absolutely and 
a lot of people, I think the most common thing that we get, or maybe you've heard this before too, but of people just don't know where to start. They don't know how you get it on Apple podcasts. And and that's the other misconception of it needs to be on on Apple Podcasts, and then it's a podcast. It's like, well, it needs to be everywhere. Put it up everywhere. But, uh, you know, get get a a host, and I think we're going to go through that in, in, a, in a bit, but as long as you get it up on a host, that host, if they're a reputable one, it will put it up on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and all of these places with you just uploading it once. The, the host will take care of all of those things. Amazing. Yes, that was one of my biggest misconceptions, and we will get to that. Get a good podcast host. We'll talk about who we do. But the first thing is choosing a topic and a name is what's on this list that I wanted to talk to you about. How did you guys come about the reasons I'm broke? It's such a good name, but it's also very distinct. You know, nothing else sounds like it. How'd you guys, do you remember how that came about? That was all Paula Kelly, who was uh, my previous, uh, she's my wife and she was my previous co-host. And I don't remember the other names that we were try- we were going with, but I was spitballing ideas. And then she's just like, you know, I'm like, well, you know, something that encompasses why what we talk about, Batman and DC Comics, and we've got statues and comic books. And and after two or three names that I put out, she finally said, what what about the reasons I'm broke? And I, th- I thought it was hilarious. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. And uh, that, that's how that came up. And I don't know where she got it from or how she came up with it, but it might have just been... I mean, she's 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 you know, she's got her own creativity to her as well. And and, you know, she sees me as like, you know, she knows I used to draw and I do this and I, I do Photoshop work, but she's got a creative edge to her, too. And anytime there's an she's the idea factory. She's just great at it and coming up with solutions. I think that's huge. And I think that's why she's in the position that she is at her job. But it was all Palpa Kelly, but I couldn't tell you how exactly she pulled it. Damn, all hail Emperor Palpagelli again for that, because it is, it is such a good pull of a name. For me, it just rhymed. That's all that it took for me. It's a great knew... name, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was starting almost kind of like you when this podcast was started. It was supposed to be one co-host every time, and then it evolved. Now I have people coming in and out, but at first it was buds because of weed. You know, people call weed bud. And we're also buds and bros. We don't know anything about each other because we had just met. And superheroes just kind of rhymed. And those were the things that I definitely wanted to talk about. And just making it rhyme was fine enough for me. I don't know why I'm just so corny when it comes to rhyming. But if it rhymes, I'm like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. And well, what works with yours, too, is it's clear. It, OK, I know what this is about. That's one thing that I if I could go back and redo the name, I probably would have done something more specific to nerd them because the reasons I'm broke could be financing. It could be stocks. It could be it could be a number of things. Uh, I think when people see the artwork, they're like, oh, OK, that makes sense. It's it's nerd shit. Things you don't need, you know, things that that are not essential. But uh, that that's why I like yours is, is like I know what this is about. It's about now marijuana, it's about superheroes, and it's about friendship. It's all in the name. So that would be my top advice to anybody who wanted to start one is figure out what you want to talk about and then just think about something fun to say, something fun that means something to you, also makes you laugh, and just go with it. I would also double check. Go to the Facebook, go to all the social media sites, and look for that name first. Because the last thing you want to mm-hmm. do is start something and then have the same name as somebody else and have to redo all your shit. Exactly. Very first thing you should be doing is Googling that name that you found and put podcast at the end of it just in case someone's already pulled it up. Apple Podcasts is a huge one. As you said, you don't want to be commissioning artwork or or putting together logos before finding out, wait a second, there's already three other podcasts that have this name or there's this other YouTube show that has that thing. So that's a huge one that not many people do. They'll just run with it with the first name that they're like, that's cool. And they'll start creating things and later find out that 
oh, wait, someone already has that name. Someone has that URL. My name's Sam. Your name is Mitchell. We do a podcast. We should name it Smodcast. Nobody <laughs> could think of that. That's just a Kevin Smith reference for anybody who didn't get it. But yeah, go ahead and just double check that nobody else is using that. And then what we brought up the next one on this is uh, the cover art creation, which I think is something great. You know, like you said, maybe your name. I never thought of it that way. But now that you put it that way, I could see what you mean. of like, oh, it could be a finance show. But since I already knew what the show was about, it's never really clicked on that edge. Because also your cover art is a superhero kind of guy with your own logo or you have your broke at core logo that's always around. So it kind of shifts right on out of there. Like it's perfect. One thing I will say about cover artwork is uh, at least these days, Apple Podcasts does not like URLs in your artwork and also uh, Twitter logos or Facebook logos, logos that don't belong, that you don't hold the copyrights to. So that's one thing that if you are designing a show logo, make sure that that there's no URLs in it. And that's something that Apple Podcasts will leave, will never feature your show on the top charts if you have any of those elements. Hashtag fucking pro tip, man. I knew this was a good idea to do this with you. Listen, you're like you're just dropping fucking bombs of truth and <laughs> great things for everybody, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> just landmines that I hope people <laughs> avoid that maybe I didn't on, on in the early days. I stepped on these so you can learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> So now you have the idea, you maybe have some artwork. My next tip is definitely just just put it out there, guys. We were talking about a server or a host. Mine is Podbean. So like we're talking about, I just go to Podbean once and I'm saying, here, take this audio and it puts it in all the places that I want through an RSS feed. And anybody who's like, oh my God, they're talking computers. It's really not that hard, guys. I was very not good with it. It, it walks you through it. It knows that everybody's out there. It's my, I'm going to vouch for Podbean and say it's idiot proof. And I personally use Liberated Syndication, Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, and very similar to Podbean. Podbean's great. Blueberry's great. They're all very cognizant of, okay, we need to make sure that the forms are clearly labeled. Here's where you put your title. Here's where you put the URL. Here's where you put your artwork. And and uh, very handy because the bigger hosts, like the ones you know we're talking about here today, are the ones that are already connected to Apple. And Apple has... Once you put it up on Apple Podcasts, then it will show a lot of feeds, smaller podcast catchers like Pocket Casts. They pull from Apple's feed, and that's how it ends up on those other uh, devices and programs and apps. So definitely you want to go through a host. And as you said, it's easier than, than you'd expect. And especially after you've done a few episodes, you start developing a format for your description. And then you can more or less just copy, paste, and then update the information. Like, okay, well, this is the header this week. This is the title this week. And, and there's usually, there is a monthly cost. I don't know if, if the others do like an annual fee, but there is a monthly cost to put them up there. But you don't want to go with anything free like, I think it's Burn Feed. And then there's another big one right now. Now, the free hosts are are the ones you don't want to that you want to avoid because they own your your content. As soon as you upload it to those places, they can do what they'd like with your content. Even after you're like, you know what, I want to leave and I go to a different host, they can monetize your episodes. They can monetize whatever you've already uploaded. Whereas with Blueberry, Libsyn, um, the bigger hosts, they say the good ones are going to say, no, this is all yours to own and you can use them however you want. We will never use your content to monetize it. And and the same goes with if something goes down with your content. Let's say there's copyright music. Again, that's not on us. That's definitely another thing to bring up is you're probably going to have to spend some money. 
you know, not a lot. You don't have to go crazy for production to start a podcast. But like Daniel just said, and again, I can't say how thankful I am that you're dropping all this because that was so smart and something that maybe people wouldn't ever think of. But as this creator, as this artist, like we were saying, you got to protect yourself and your artwork. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not putting in all this work. So somebody on another podcast or somebody on another platform, I mean, could take that work and be like, this is mine now and I'm going to exploit it. No. I would definitely 110% agree. Put in the time to find the one that works for you. Make sure that they're not going to steal your stuff and then pay them. Podbean, I know it was a one time. They sell it like, oh, it's only $10 a month, but they want $120 up front. Just just go ahead and put in the money and go ahead and do it because I feel protected. Mm -hmm. And like you were talking about too, with the routine that I have now of keeping my descriptions the same, the name similar. It's just a copy and paste and it has become so much easier to do that through them. Definitely go out, find a good host and pay them. And once they actually start showing up on these different feeds, that's when when you'll see all the stats start to roll in. And anytime you you start putting out a new episode, that's when all of these hosts will automatically start downloading these episodes as as you're enjoying this one, you know, straight to your phone and and ready to, to listen to whenever they'd like, which is really nice. Uh, I don't think we've gone through this part yet, but one of the things that I hear a lot when you're starting a show is to do like a zero episode. And then I hear a number of things like do a zero episode and then trash it and then do another one. And that'll be your first episode because then you can kind of get a little more comfortable with what you're where you're aiming to go. And your show's going to evolve over time. You know, it might be a whole different show in a year or in, in two episodes or in three episodes. You're going to kind of shape it based on what your interests are. You're going to see what works and what doesn't if you stick with it long enough. But the main thing is if you are going to put out a show monthly or weekly, consistency, being consistent is the biggest thing because your listenership as you build it over time and it, it is a marathon. It's not something that you're going to spike up in downloads from one month to the next. It's going to take years to build up a listenership and it's not going to involve just putting out an episode and calling it a day. You got to be out there talking about it, promoting it, pushing your episode. And there's right and wrong ways to do that too, but that's that's a whole different thing. But you, the most important thing is if you're going to release an episode on a certain day of the week at a certain time, make sure it's up at that certain time because the listener is going to expect that show. It's going to become a part of their routine. If they are used to listening to your show, the first thing they do when they get on, mon- on Monday and your episode comes out Friday or whatever, make sure it's ready for them for that day. And that's why it's so important to stick with a day, stick with a time, and that way it's it's doing your listenership a huge favor. Fucking, I'm just going to start calling you Miyagi for the rest of this episode. <laughs> That's it's, again, it's just, just shit that I mistakes I made. <laughs> and it's stuff that I'm going through now. It's This will be episode 30, if I'm not mistaken. And in those 30 episodes, a lot has changed. A lot more is going to change. It did not end up where I thought it was going to. But if you go back and listen to my episode one, that is something I brought into this already knowing. That is the one nugget of truth that is in all podcasts, if you ask me. The number one thing that I think you, the podcast creator or soon to be creator, should hold on to is that it's okay for it to change mm-hmm. it's going to change it's going to evolve it's it's just the nature of it when you start doing it more and more you're going to realize oh i didn't like that as much or i really like that you know i didn't start with first episode like oh you know justice league who would you want to smoke with and what power would they take on but now i've done that in like four different episodes and i like that so i'm going to continue to add that So for you to take this ball of clay and have an idea of what you want it to look like, and if it's not shaping up to be that way, don't trash it. Don't think, 
uh, it's not going to happen. It's not going. Like you just said, it'll take years for stuff to really start popping and feeling right. Just stick with it and don't be afraid of the change is going to be my number one, my little nugget of truth. I felt like I had to bring something to the fucking table after you just dropped <laughs> science for all that time. No, that's you're right, though. You got to keep it going. You got to keep releasing it every week, month, whenever you are putting it out and you got to keep pushing it online. And the number one thing that I've seen most people quit podcasting over is the stats because they, they're like, oh, my episode doesn't have thousands of downloads after 10 episodes. I think I'm just going to quit. And it's like, no, you, again, this is a marathon. You got to if you really enjoy doing this, this is why it's so key to make sure you are enjoying podcasting, because guess what? It's not going to be a thing that in a year from now, you're like, I'm going to be the next Kevin Smith. It doesn't work that way. You know, and a year from now, you might have 20 more listeners than you normally have. You might bring your average up a little bit. Then this all depends on, on the topic that your show is about. You know, if you're if yours is a comedy show, you're probably going to have more downloads than usual. If your show is about, you know, sewing, then, you know, that, that's a little more of a smaller, narrow, narrower market. But there's also a smaller listenership. So 100 listeners per da- per episode, it might be huge in that market. So you got to kind of uh, gauge your expectations with what you're actually making your show about. And, and again, it doesn't happen overnight and it shouldn't because, uh, you, you know, my show two years from now, two years ago, I'm like, you know what? It, it could have used a lot more work. And that's how it's going to continue to go because you don't want your worst product to be, you know, it's not going to be the thing that blows up and becomes huge for everyone out there it's gonna it's gonna be a thing that you improve upon and and that you again there's that word curate over time and as long as you're enjoying it all the way through that journey you know it's gonna the quality is gonna keep going up and then more and more listeners are gonna go you know what this is you know they're gonna they're gonna respond to the quality of the content more than they're gonna respond to the equipment that you use more than they're gonna respond to the artwork that you use all of that stuff takes a backseat content is number one keep improving the quality of the content and and people will stick around in spite of a shitty mic in spite of uh, a terrible internet connection as long as the content is great they will stick around couldn't put it any better myself. Again, sir, I can't say thank you enough for adding so much to this section. I really do hope, if anybody's listening to this, this was their their final straw of like, fuck this, I'm going to go and start a podcast, because you can. I really, 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 I'm not lying, not blowing smoke, not trying to create content for content's sake. I really, truly do hope that you go out and start your own podcast now. And ask questions, I think. I think you and I are open to that, too. If you have any questions and, and you want help, I think Nick and I are there to help, and we help each other out, too. So, you know, we're more than happy to help out others in creating that thing that hopefully they enjoy doing for a number of years. Man, I'm just going to name you the host of the show, and I'm the co-host for the rest <laughs> no of this, way. because, again, you're just like, God damn, he's right, guys. He's fucking right. I'll answer questions. I don't know. I'm not going to say I have all the answers. Obviously, Daniel has much more than me, but there, yes, I will fucking help. God damn right. That door is open for a lot of people. If you have questions, definitely, yes, 100% hit us up. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you're on everything else. So if you guys have a LinkedIn, you can even hit up Daniel on that. <laughs> but all those things, go to them, follow us, and hit us up with questions. Goddamn right, dude. With that, we could settle on out of the bros section and get into the superhero section where we're going to talk about Mortal Kombat, the, the most recent Mortal Kombat. So I think at the very beginning I said it, but I'm going to say it one more time. A, spoilers. And B, neither of us were big fans of this movie. So if you're going to sit here and think like we're going to raise this up, not not too much. I'm, I'm prepared <laughs> to do a pretty healthy amount of shitting on this. How about you? It, yeah, and it, it's sad shitting. Like, I'm not going to be... It's not one of those things where... I, I don't think you or I enjoy shitting on that product, but 
it, it's it's what's going to happen. It's more like a god damn, it's a shame, and and it sucks, but we got to talk about it. It does suck because I was able to see some extras and the people who made this movie really loved Mortal Kombat and really, I'm not going to say anybody goes into a movie trying to make a bad movie, but I could just tell that these motherfuckers really loved Mortal Kombat and really wanted to make a good movie. And in my opinion, as somebody who's not too deep, so maybe that's something else I could have or should have stated, like, I'm not deep in on this. I'm going to take this movie as a quote-unquote virgin, as if I didn't ever hear about anything Mortal Kombat before, which is basically kind of true, and just go that this story didn't make sense to me. So I, I could not get around that to begin with. So though nobody tried to, though I don't want to poo-poo on it too bad, somebody had to have watched this from beginning to end and gone, wait. Yeah, you're right. This, the story and the character development were probably the two biggest things with the with the film. I mean... People can talk about the CGI and the special effects all they want. The story is king, and so is the character development, and those two were unfortunately the weakest part of the film. Yeah, I could definitely put character development on the back burner for an ensemble piece like this. You know, if they didn't get to everyone really well, I would get that. They didn't get to anyone well. I don't understand why anybody was doing pretty much anything they were doing. And the other thing that really disappointed me right off the bat we'll talk about is the fighting. It's a fight thing, but there was just so many cuts that there was sometimes I couldn't see what was happening. For a movie that had Corey, this I'm assuming these they hired these actors because of the choreography experience in the past. And from the looks of it, they have done these kinds of films before. They didn't let the camera capture a whole lot of that. And it's a shame because that's kind of why a lot of us are there is to watch the fighting. The Mortal Kombat 1995 film and not that's not a terrible film it's not amazing but i think it's a a perfectly enjoyable movie that one lets you see all the flips and the kicks and and the falling downstairs all of that stuff and this one as you said it kind of and i don't know if it's a product of its time but it gave you the quick cuts just to give you this air of like it's exciting look at it but it's like no let us see the fighting that's part of the, the this is why these people are here for sure. So to deep dive into it, I am going to say this movie just came out. It's an exclusive on. No, it's not. It's in theaters right now as well, right? Yeah, it is. So you can see it on HBO Max, but you can still go to the theater for it. It's it's fresh new April 23rd. The little blurb that they tell me on IMDb is MMA fighter Cole Young seeks out Earth's greatest champions in order to stand against the enemies of Outworld in a high stakes battle for the universe. Dang, yeah, and that's that's about as much as we get into, <laughs> and I really don't understand it. Let's just start at the beginning. So the beginning is awesome. I am going to say that, and unfortunately for Warner Brothers, in an attempt to drum up some excitement, they released this opening like seven or eight days before the movie released, and in my p- opinion, they, they gave away the cow, and they, they were like, all right, come buy the milk later or figure out what I'm trying to say there, but it was the best scene, and they gave it away for free on YouTube right out in the beginning. That really was the best part of the film, and I think it's because... Uh, the, are you familiar with Mortal Kombat Legends? No, nothing. So this film was originally set to be an, uh, a basically a theatrical version of those YouTube shorts. So this creator, this filmmaker, uh, did this very... I think it was a five-minute thing of, here's how I would do Mortal Kombat. And, and he had a great fight sequence there between Baraka and Johnny Cage, so he had his little action there, and... 
and all of these heroes were in modern times and here's scorpion and he's a serial killer and here's all of this and and that was his pitch to warner brothers and they said this is great here's some money go ahead and make some youtube shorts out of it and he made two seasons and the two episodes that featured scorpion and sub-zero were that opening that you're describing it sets up the the rivalry between the two the revenge story who these characters are who hanzo is and that it really compelling uh, on that in the YouTube version, and those were so successful for him. He almost got a season three, but instead was attached to make a movie version of it, and that's what this was. And he eventually fell out of it, and they brought on another director, different screenwriters, and they had since changed the story into what it ended up being today. But that's why that beginning is still what it is because it is that YouTube story. And I'm assuming part of the original script that he had worked on. And that's why I, I found that to be the most compelling portion of the movie. But then they didn't. They're like, OK, you did you enjoy that? As you mentioned, Nick, like the best part of the film. OK, well, we're not going to see any of that story until the very end, kind of. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, well, why do I care about anything in between now? Yeah. Why the fuck do I give a shit about what just happened then? Oh, you're going to give me three seconds twice of like a weird flashback of one of these characters in hell. And then at the very end, he's going to show up. But why? Yeah, it was, it was very disappointing. I also heard that that opening mirrors. There's an animated movie even available on HBO Max right now. Mm -hmm. I think it's called Scorpion's Revenge. And from what I saw on the Internet, I didn't watch it myself. That mirrors the opening in this as well of Scorpion coming and fucking up. House Sub-Zero. No, Sub-Zero coming and fucking up House Scorpion, excuse me. And that's why Scorpion's like, I'm going to fuck this guy up. And they didn't make it clear. And Unless you know Mortal Kombat, you know why Sub-Zero killed Scorpion and went after his family. But all he says here was for the King Lui or Lin Kuei. Lin Kuei was. And to anyone else, it's like, what the fuck does that mean? But if you watch Mortal Kombat Legends or if you're familiar with Mortal Kombat, you understand the two, tri the two uh, not tribes, but the two factions of assassins and why they, for generations, were at odds with each other. But in this, it's like, why did Sub-Zero do all that? Because he's evil? What the hell does that mean? Lin Kuei, what, what the fuck is that? And I don't know if there was a scene that was cut out at the beginning or not. We're learning now that this movie was well over two hours long. And, you know, Warner Brothers mandate, just like Godzilla vs. Kong, this same thing happened to this. But otherwise, we don't we don't know why any of that opening happened. I had always just assumed that it was the evil black eyes guy the, the guy at the end who's like i'm gonna suck your soul i figured that he was just like one day there's gonna be a prophecy and like the bloodline of this motherfucker is gonna stop us so just go back and kill him now that's why i thought i didn't know the the idea of two factioning camps or two groups of assassins not liking each other and that's why this happened was not on my radar at all so if there was a scene in the story i missed it or it was cut because i just thought he was there to kill the bloodline and I would have loved that explanation even like, oh, that's different than the whatever. Cool. But it's an explanation. <laughs> and that would have taken seconds to, to establish. No, I feel like it was put in there later where it's just like, oh, OK, that's why that happened. Great. But now we're 40 minutes into it and that happened like a while. OK. All right. Cool. Thanks, guys. Does he mention in the movie that he got sent back there to kill Hanzo? Like, I know they say that there's a prophecy that a descendant of Hanzo is going to kill or is going to put an end to this. But does he at all? mention sending sub-zero back to that period no i think we're just led to believe that he's that old that somehow on other world he doesn't age and he's just been around this long right i don't yeah. know again i'm not sure if it's said that because he wasn't in the quote-unquote traditional sub-zero like he didn't recognize or did not 
identify himself as Sub-Zero yet. So maybe he went to hell too and got his special uniform. And then the Outworld suck soul guy was like, all right, I guess I can use him for like a henchman. Like, I feel like there's so much that was unexplained. And they were just like, look, they're fighting. Isn't that what you wanted? It's like, yeah, but why? Maybe. Let's let's just one why. Just (laughs) one. And we saw the moment where where he identified as Sub-Zero because Shang Tsung kept calling him Bihan. He's like, no, Bihan is dead. I'm Sub-Zero now. <laughs> and then they cut. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Why is the, where did that come from, too? Don't they know each other at this point? Is that for the audience so that we know his name? Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of that, that movie. Have you ever seen Kung Pao Enter the Fist? No. It's really strange. Steve Auden, Auden, I don't know how to say his last name. Anyway, he photo-imposed himself into an old Kung Fu movie. <laughs> And That's it's amazing. super silly, and it's oh, dude, it's really fucking funny. I think you could watch it for free on YouTube if you don't mind a few commercials every now and then. But anyway, like everything's dubbed over, and there's this one guy, and he goes, "You'll call me Betty now," and it's like, "Why?" And it's like, mm. and they just skip over it. And that's how I feel like this scene was. It's like, "Call me Sub Zero." Okay. Right. <laughs> Weird. Dead. Oh, why? What happened? We're not gonna tell you. Okay. It's buried. Don't worry about it. Right. So from there we go into the current story. We get to see this descendant who is Cole, and Cole is an MMA fighter, and he's not a very good one. (laughs) He gets his ass beat in the very opening. We don't have to go too far into that. His daughter, Emily, is his ring man or ring person, which is really weird. I don't have kids, but I'm not going to bring my kid to an underground Mm -hmm. MMA fight ever to be my ring person and watch me get the shit kicked out of myself. It's neither here nor there, but we also get introduced to Jax at the same time, who doesn't understand what the fuck a birthmark is. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, that's a weird tattoo. And it's like, no, he was born with it. What do you mean? It's a birthmark? And it's like, what the <laughs> fuck did you need that question for? Like, who does it? What the fuck is happening here? That part bothered the piss out of me. Who needs to be explained what a birthmark is or what it means to be bur- born with a mark? And that was something that people ran with on the Internet. And it's like, no, well, that was just for the trailer. And then you watch the fucking movie. Well, if you watch the movie, they switched the line. They thought that they were going to be clever. So I think the trailer is something like, he was born with it. What? It's a birthmark? And in the movie, it's it's a birthmark. What? He was born he with was it. Born. <laughs> As if like that doesn't make the question of what any less fucking stupid. Yep. <laughs> the one cool part about that, and what I will give them, though I didn't write down the full thing, is so Jack says to Cole, oh, you're Cole Young. You're the guy who took down blank blank in that fight. And Cole goes, oh, that was a while ago. Whatever name he says is a combination of the names of the Mortal Kombat creators in 1992. Ed Boon and I almost said Peter Laird, but that's Turtles. Jason something. But Ed Boon's the big one right now because he's still very active with the franchise. Nice. But yeah, it reminded me of our Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles discussion where like <laughs> at the very end of that, Sam Rockwell was like, if you go to the Eastman and Laird warehouse, something's there for you. Yes, a little nod. I love that. I don't know why I've always found that. Like, it's, it's in my opinion, it's respectful. Exactly. If you're going to use these guys' idea, give them. That's all I'd want. You know, if there was a Buds, Bros, and Superheroes movie one day, like, in the background, all I'd want is, like, Nick James, Pancake's House, or something stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah, a little something. Especially, well, even, even though Ed Boone wasn't uh, promoting this movie at all, but you, you still got to put it out there. Like, Alan Moore, shit, he doesn't want any adaptations of his work but i'd still be like you know what still put a little something in there for him you know we wouldn't have any of this without him after that kind of weird thing of like hey we should talk and be friends and this will lead you to trust me later when a bad guy's hunting you down we go to outworld for the first time 
and I don't understand why, you know, they don't set up this lore of all these different realms. It kind of mm-hmm. seems like of why they are what they are. And, but we go there for a little bit and then we come back to see Jackson Sub-Zero fight. Yeah. And that's the first time I guess he's able to, and I don't know if these Mortal Kombat characters had been going through and murdering other earth realm fighters, but that was there. I had a misconnection there of, okay, is the tournament about to happen? And if so, why did anyone wait this long to go after these fighters? Have they not been able to find these people? Is that what Sonya Blade and Jax were out trying to do? And I just had a lot of questions about this. Why wasn't Raiden more involved in trying to protect these fighters since the 10th tournament is coming up and they need to win it? It seems like Raiden really took a backseat to all of this. Agreed. And if anybody's out there listening, banging their heads, please explain to us, because I don't get that either. Mortal Kombat is supposed to be a tournament that happens between these worlds, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, and again, please stop me, and anybody on the internet, correct me. The bad guy is like, if we fuck these people up before the competition, before Mortal Kombat happens, they'll have nobody to send to Mortal Kombat, and we'll win by default, and then we'll finally get to be evil all the time. Right, they'll take over Earthrealm. That'll be a part of their world as well. If they win the 10th tournament, which this is this would have been the 10th would have been. But now we're saying Mortal Kombat technically never happened in this movie. No, it didn't. And we did not get a tournament. And some people argue that at the end, Cole forced a tournament by saying, "Okay, you go after this guy. You go after that person and we'll take Sub-Zero at the end. But to me, that's not what the tournament was in the is in the games is in the movies is in any of the lore you can't just say all right well we're gonna go and each fight these different guys and that'll be the tournament it's like are oh are you the guy that decides when mortal Kombat takes place i feel like there's a structure here no okay they kept talking about old gods and different powerful people but it made no sense i mean to liken it to some today be like ufc 38 taking place on saturday and the guy's going and fighting on thursday night in a parking lot going <laughs> all right that's what we did like you guys saw that right it was so strange. I, I cannot get over that part of the story of this movie's called Mortal Kombat, and I don't think we saw Mortal Kombat. No, no, we didn't. And 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 Sub-Zero doesn't kill Jax. So one of the... Uh, oh, did he have a... Yeah, he did have a marking, yeah, because he gets the arms later. So he doesn't kill one of the Earth Fighters that he was sent, but I guess he's mainly trying to get to Cole, who shouldn't really be a problem anyway because he's not a great fighter and that's something that Jax brings up like like it or not you know we're stuck with you <laughs> and, and that, that was another weird part of okay well that's something uh, one of the listeners brought up on on discord of so the, our main character is a terrible fighter in this mortal Kombat movie who i guess becomes a great fighter by the end or the other fighters are so bad that he just seems like a great fighter it's really left up there for interpretation because he does kind of suck the entire time. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense. I mean, even Jax, why do you think Sub-Zero would even leave him alive if he's trying to go through other than the fact of the movie needs him later? So again, just kind of adding to my, what what are they trying, that they're just trying to maim them all before? Who knows? But Jax does lose his arms and in mm-hmm. doing so, he's like, you got to go find Sonya. She'll help you. And again, I got stuck on the fact that Cole was like, okay, random guy who I just met, I will go and do what you said. Thank you for giving me this car. Like, that seemed strange. I guess just from the seeing someone who can control ice powers and you're like, okay, I should probably find some answers. That's that's the one thing that I can think of, of his driving force to continue down this path. 
Uh, I did like when they do get to Sonya's and she has like the board of, and at this point now it's like a cliche thing of here's the lore of the thing you're watching. But I didn't mind it because you get to see a little night wolf. You get to see previous fighters in there, which I thought was kind of cool that they made Sonya instead of like this only military person. She's kind of a conspiracy theorist and she's someone that's been studying Mortal Kombat for years and been trying to track down the earth realm fighters. It wasn't Raiden doing the job. It was Sonya. And Jax. I'm sorry. It's so funny that you said that, though, because in my notes, when I bring up Sonya next to hers is Dumb Wall. <laughs> because I, the... I I hate that. I, I Like you said, it is kind of becoming a trope in movies. But, you know, we could put stuff in order, guys. It doesn't all have to be all crazy like on all the walls. Why don't we get a binder going or like a Google <laughs> form or something? You know, <laughs> we can scroll through pictures to get those same images. But. That was just me kind of trying to be funny and be a dick about it. But I did like, you know, the one guy, you, you're right in the fact that they did show you a bunch of other things that are like, hey, you know this character? Like the Native American guy. What was his name? Nightwolf. Fuck, dude. That was a great character design. I, I did look that up. He is makes an appearance in another movie. Mm-hmm. And that, dude, fuck, man. Compared to what we're about to talk about with like the spinning hat guy and shit, I would have liked to see <laughs> that guy better. That's a badass character design. Yeah, he's really cool, but many suspect that in today's climate, they didn't want to use a Native American guy, so they're like, we'll just reference him. I don't want to touch that. We'll, we'll, just like we're doing, they were avoiding any type of cancellation, so that's where they're like, here's the reference, and here's these other characters that we're probably safe with. Yeah, let's give you Kano instead, and he's just going to talk a mile a minute for the rest of this time, and I would love to know how you thought of him. I thought that he was so fucking annoying, I couldn't, like, that's when the movie really was, I was starting to check out was when Kano showed up. Well, I guess he was supposed to be some of that comedic relief, which it was kind of injected in this movie. I, I don't know if you got the same thing, but I was just like, okay, we're getting kind of a lot of jokes for a Mortal Kombat film. And, and it's kind of reaching the same feeling that I had with Godzilla vs. Kong of, you know, that's fine if you want to put in some comedy, but this much really in a Mortal Kombat movie, you know, it's, it's a little weird. And that was his whole thing of, kind of poking fun at the ridiculousness of this lore and what we're in. And that was his whole thing. And I, I didn't find them obnoxious. I, you know, that's, I thought it was fine, but I also didn't think he was charming or funny or, or whatever. I was just like, okay, so he's, he's there to prove that earth realm fighters can also be pieces of shit. Like you don't have to be a good person to have that birthmark. It's even said that he stole it from somebody whose neck he's right. like, he's not meant to be a good guy. His comedic thing if you want to call it that I, i'm sorry but i am gonna to have to disagree with you and obnoxious was the best way that i could think to describe him i found him completely obnoxious i thought the humor was so out of place and i don't mind a little humor every now and then the, what i do mind is a let's jam it down your throats and b it was all pop culture references or at least a good percent so it wasn't even like he was saying just funny offhand things to be a dick or to be that you know kind of funny guy it was just, oh, it was like that South Park. They have the thing called the Remember Berries. And, you yeah. know, he made a reference. And it's like, oh, remember this reference I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, you like that. My movie's good because I referenced that. And it's, oh, dude, that the entire thing. And then also, too, him like, I'm kind of a comic book artist. It's like, Jesus Christ, how many fucking right. do we want to fucking give this guy? Like, what the fuck? I was, I if you can't tell by the talking getting higher and faster like everything about this fucking character bothered the piss out of me from beginning to end so easily your least favorite part of this movie then (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, next to my notes, all it says is Kano sucks. <laughs> just because I didn't find him likable at all. We're going to skip a little bit just so I could stay on him. The way he finds his Arcana, mm-hmm. that whole scene was... It, yeah. I'm, I'm not lying. It got me physically angry. I was sitting there going, I'm wasting my time right now. There's stuff I could be doing. And I hardly feel like that through a movie. But it was just so paper thin of like, oh, they're they're baiting him. They're going to get him angry. So he finds his arcana. It was, it was, oh God, it was bad. I didn't want to watch anything with him at all. Pass me the egg roll. And it was very easy for him to unlock it. It was easy for everyone else to unlock theirs, except for our main character, for whatever reason. He even sucks at unlocking his arcana. Yeah, he sucks at everything. Because especially, <laughs> too, it's even insult to injury. Sonya, I believe yes. it's spoilers, but I'm sorry. Sonya kills a fucking dumb shit and gets his little dragon mark. And then she comes back with her arcana. Like, it's not even shown her discovering it. She just comes back and blows a hole through fucking... Venom with the wing lady and boom, just dead. I wonder if there was a scene too of her maybe unlocking that arcana. There's so much missing in this that could have enriched the story. You would think, but goddamn Warner Brothers apparently fucked that shit up too and just Mm -hmm. cut the shit out of that because that bothered me. Three of them to kind of jump back. Sonya, Kano. This is the other thing too. It's like I had to write down their names. I believe we talked about this in when we talked about Kong vs. Godzilla. Like I don't remember any of the characters' names. So Good job on character development, guys, because I don't give a (laughs) fuck about any of them. I just kind of made up my own names for them. (laughs) And in my head, that's how I wanted to reference them. But I didn't really want to just so other people who were listening could know who I'm talking about. But this whole time has just been very hard to keep their names straight. So Jax, Sonya and Kano come upon Liu Kang when they're just wandering in the desert. And that's the next time we meet more Mortal Kombat people. He could do fireballs. I thought that that effect looked really good. I thought mm-hmm. he was an okay part of it. He did his job. He brings them back to the place in which they're all supposed to train, where we also meet Kung Lao. Yeah. Now, am I mistaken, or didn't Danny Ran train in Kung Lao to become the Iron Fist? That's not. I don't. That I don't know. But I know I've seen him in something Marvel. I feel like it is something Marvel we've seen him in. No, I mean the character name Kung Lao. I think is a destination in the Marvel universe where like. The, the character of Danny Rand has to go to a place that's called Kung Lao, and that's where he learns to become the Iron Fist. Oh, okay, no, I, I didn't know that. I, as far as Marvel, my knowledge is is very, very light, especially the last couple of years. Agreed. I just, I thought, like, the whole time they were saying that, I was like, that sounds so familiar. I can't, I can't be sure. There are some Marvel crossovers, so we are talking about Scorpion is in one of the Avengers movies. He's a Yakuza boss. And okay. then... Who's the guy with the lightning? What was his name? Raiden. Yeah, he's one of the um, guys who hangs out with Thor. Lady Saving the Warriors 3, he's one of the Warriors 3. Okay, gotcha. Along with uh, Shazam, right? Along with, what do you mean? The same actor that plays Shazam. He's, I, I thought he was one of the three Thor's friends. He's one of those guys, too. Dude, if Zachary Levy's in that, yeah. that'd be great. I don't. I didn't think so. But he has blonde hair, so he looks really weird if you if you go back and watch the movie. Dude, I'm going to have to go back and watch the movie because I thought that was the guy from Once Upon a Time who was in there playing the guy we're talking about. Well, not the guy with the longer blonde hair, but yeah, yeah, you, we'll pull up IMDb and you'll, you'll see. I really thought that Kung Lao was the place in which Danny Rand had to go to. I could be mistaken, but Kung Lao in this has a hat that spins, and that's his thing. 
His arcana, yeah. <laughs> his arcana is he's a super duper good hat wielder. In the game, they did pay a little homage. Like apparently when the game, when like the hat falls, he can teleport up into it. Mm-hmm. They did that in the movie. And I was like, that that I liked. That I thought was pretty cool. Because right in the middle of this movie, the bad guy comes to the good guy's headquarters. And he's like, we should talk about how I'm going to try to kill you before Mortal Kombat happens. And Electricity Man's like, I have this place surrounded by electricity. You're not going to do that. And they're like, okay, we'll come back later. Right. <laughs> and they kept trying, they kept influencing Kano and some of these other characters. Cabal was talking to Liu Kang, I think, or, or, or Kung, I think it was Liu Kang. And they're just allowed to communicate and Raiden's cool with this and nothing could go wrong. No, we're just going to, as long as we stay between the electricity, nothing bad's going to happen. We're going to go find our Arcanas. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Well, the whole idea of Arcanas, do you think that was a result of and I don't know if you remember this, but Cole, the whole reason Cole is there and it's not a Mortal Kombat character is uh, Warner Brothers mandated that they make an original character for the film so that the audience can, I guess, relate to these characters. I don't know what their reasoning was, but without Cole, uh, do you think there would be no Arcanos, that it would just be, you know, powered people from Earth Realm and from uh, the other side that just have these skills and that's why they're chosen to fight in this tournament? Maybe. To be honest, the clusterfuck of what an arcana is is very right. confusing to me. Of uh, Do we all have them? Uh, like, do I have an arcana, but I can't unlock it because I also don't have the Mortal Kombat mark? Like, do you need the mark first? Is it a three-step process of, all right, you have one, then the mark, and then you get your ass kicked enough, and then it comes out? Like, the lore behind that had me fucking twisted from the beginning, again, of just going, what? are we fucking talking about like he's not sub like he can't just shoot a laser out of his eye it had to be I, I didn't get it i just did not understand it so maybe i feel like warner brothers again just kind of stuck their foot in their mouth of trying to mandate too much i don't understand like now that you say that i, I didn't know that that they had to force a new character into this yeah and it's unfortunate because i don't think we would have had this weird lazy thing of well arcanas everyone has it but you need the tattoo but technically everyone can Summon these powers, but you just need to kill someone with the Mortal Kombat tattoo and then train and then you can unlock it eventually. But who knows what it is? It's random. It could be good. It could be terrible. And uh, it's uh, I mean, I guess it's an explanation. I don't know if I could have written anything better, but I think the audience would have been perfectly satisfied with, you know, these people just have the especially in the era of superheroes. These people have superhuman abilities. Let's go. Exactly. Just stop right there. Why? I don't even think you need to ask that question in a Mortal Kombat movie. All of a sudden, this guy starts throwing fireballs. Like, all right, it's a Mortal yeah. Kombat movie. No one asked. <laughs> to see a guy with four arms. We'll be okay. That's right. Yeah. No one asked in the original movie or in the games. Why can't he freeze people? Because we'll, we'll explain that later. It doesn't matter. No one cares. When they try to explain the characters in the future games, that's when people are like, oh, that's kind of cool. But no one needed it. No, we really didn't need anything, but they they continued to shove it down our throats of we need to now get into the sandpit and beat the shit out of you until your arcana comes out, because that's the only way we know how to do it. And how long were they training? A day or two? Maybe. (laughs) The the entire timeline of, again, going back to this, this Mortal Kombat's going to happen soon, and then time passes, and it never actually comes to, so it can't be that long. You know, maybe it's a day. We only see them eating dinner once and we kind of made fun of the egg roll joke. And that's where dumb shit gets his arcana. But we don't see Jack's or not Jack's Cole try too hard. And then all of a sudden lightning guys like, all right, just go home. Fuck you. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And that's when 
for whatever yeah goro you get the goro character which is a staple of the mortal Kombat lore so they have to work him in there somewhere and that's the one that they sent in to who is seems to be a powerful fighter to kill off cole and cole is able i guess that's what it took Uh, there's a there's a mirroring here between cole's life and scorpions which i thought okay that's kind of neat that they're setting that up but uh, that's that's again reminding me of that beginning part of the movie that I'm like, okay, that's the part that you had set up, and now we're getting nothing in between until now. But it's not you didn't give us enough of it in between that we find it, or at least I found it at all interesting. Agreed. That fight was pretty badass. It was cool, but the part that I liked about it the most is even though I just kind of made fun of Lightning Guy going, all right, go home and fuck off. Bad or Nega Lightning Guy, the opposite, whatever his name is, the Soul Sucker Guy <laughs> sends. Goro to go fuck him up and that's how he gets his arcana which is what (laughs) we don't really know what it is like the little thing that his daughter Uh, makes him turns into a metal and wraps around his whole body which is okay i guess it's weird (laughs) it looked weird yeah it did look very weird and i also didn't like i think that they thought it was cool but like if you look all the strands of this metal kind of follow his body yeah and will follow the muscles and how the strands of the muscles go Except for the dragon birthmark, which was also kind of edged in there a little bit in that weird kind of wrapping and all of a sudden made it look like he just had a target above his chest. I was like, that's fucking come on, guys. I didn't enjoy that look at all. No, I think I thought his powers were. And and the thing is, they kept showing him absorbing some of those hits. You see the suit turn red and he's got those batons, whatever the hell that was. But when he absorbs the hits, it's like, okay, so is he then going to use those hits to like fire off something or anything and no it's just it's showing you that it protects them i guess or as one of my co-hosts said last week those are the fires of hell reminding you of scorpion some more and i'm like you could have had cooler powers here too again but no let's give him batons and and a a t-shirt because you can see when he was like bending and it's like oh okay he's wearing a a mesh like t-shirt it doesn't really look like armor yeah for sure if he were to get hit in that in real life it was not it did not come across hard in real life, it definitely looked like they just put something on this poor actor and they're like, there you go. That's what you get. And he's just like, God Here's damn your it. Power. <laughs> but I did like, so that happens. And then he goes back. Lightning lad comes and picks him back up and brings him back to where they're going to fight. And lightning boy says to soul sucker, he's like, thank you for sending your guy. It's what my guy needed to get his arcana. So you just help me. I, I liked that. I thought that, that I didn't see that coming. I thought for sure Lightning Boy was just like, fuck off, you're worthless. But <laughs> it turns out there was some sort of master plan behind all that for him. So I, I did. I'm not going to lie. I did like that. And that's, I guess, when he has the confidence to tell everyone, OK, we're going to this is what we're, we're saying. We're going to make this tournament happen. You go after him. You go after her. And we're going to do this. And that's when we get 10 minutes of a, a compilation of everyone fighting each other at the end near the end and that's all i really wanted this whole time and most of that i'm not gonna lie i will put down the bias now a lot of that looked really good we do get um kung lao his super hat when it does the buzzsaw thing that was cool yeah (laughs) splits the bat lady in half yeah and he gets the awesome line that i thought was great because i I, this is i know enough about mortal kombat to understand this reference where he's kind of putting his hat back on he goes flawless victory Mm-hmm. I know that that happens in the game. If you're fighting someone and they, they don't touch you at all, right? They don't take any damage away from you, but you kill them. That's a flawless victory, right? That's right. 
see, I know one or two things. So that I even went, hey, they said that thing. Like, <laughs> I, I get that reference. All right, cool. Like, I was expecting, of course, finish him because that one's the big yep. one. But this one I didn't see coming. And I was like, that's actually kind of fun. I hope you stay a while, around a while, Kung Lao, and then they kill him. Yeah, I didn't see that that one coming. I guess that's the the loss of the character that motivates everyone else to come together and do the thing. It definitely did something for Liu Kang when he had to fight Mask Man, you know, because when he kills him with the fire dragon, he says, for Kung Lao. So he got his revenge there. That fight was okay. I didn't really understand Mask Man, or did he have powers, or he just had a cool hook sword, or the fuck was going on there? I guess, so Cabal, I guess it was his, his yeah, his two tire iron things or whatever they were that the, those because he could like bring them out of nowhere it it seemed like so i think that was his power but as far as his suit i think that was kano's fault because he had said something to kano about it needing a respirator now so those were all just a result of him fighting your favorite guy kano weird so that went on and he died jack smacks the fuck out of somebody's head that was great my favorite part of that scene though if you notice it's really short but jacks hits him and he the bad guy with the hammer, the hammer bad guy. I don't know mm-hmm. his name. Obviously, I don't know any of their names. Sorry, listeners. No, I don't think he's a character anyway in the games. Good. Fuck him. But right before he gets his finish him, he does the Mortal Kombat kind of woozy wobble. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. Again, as somebody who knows nothing about anything, just really small details. That was one of the ones I picked up. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's another. I see what you did there as well. Good job. That was cool. When they were fighting on that bridge, I thought he was going to punch him down the bridge and there were going to be spikes at the bottom. I thought that was going to be the finisher. Agreed, because that's, uh, sorry to sound like a broken record, that's one of the only other little things that I remember is one area where there were spikes on both the ceiling and the floor. And if you got your yes. opponent right, you can either trip them into the floor or like uppercut them into the ceiling and get an instant win or some weird shit like that. But I was expecting that too, but instead we got the the head pimple pop there, which... Fatality. Kind of yeah. cool. Fatality. Exactly. Fatality. It was just kind of like, oh, why that stage though? Like that's just me thinking as like a, a, someone who played the games, I guess. Like, oh, so why do we put them there then if we weren't going to use the that particular stage? But it is what it is. There, there's like you said, a lot of positivity in in the fights themselves. Even though, like you said, there's a lot of quick cutting still. But we got the fatalities. We got the blood and gore. We got the we got to see the stage. So it was there. And then Sonya and. Kano duke it out back at her house. It was an okay fight. She wins. And then she gets her Arcana and she heads back to really quick save Cole with her blasting beams. The thing that bothered me about that, and I get it's a cool shot, is like, was that lady's spine unblastable? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> like, why was the spine the only thing left intact there? It just didn't make sense. It made sense from a looking standpoint. It looked really good, but it didn't make sense like why her spine was still there. I would have just preferred the the big old hole straight through, you know? Just a clean hole, yeah. I think it's just for gore gore's sake. Like for it's sure. more combat. We need the gore. Goddamn right. Yeah, and spines were a pretty big part in that too, right? You could rip mm-hmm. off somebody's skull and dangle their spine. That's right. Yep. But she got her power. We talked about it earlier. She just kinda came back with it. And <laughs> thankfully thanks. <laughs> a lot. So it kinda looks like they win, but of course Scorpion or excuse me, Sub Zero has some unfinished business so they drag him back to the gym that we see in the beginning like the training gym that cole was at but now it's all icy and they've got to have their final showdown there right and i thought that he had killed his family just like he had hanzo's and i don't know why he didn't 
because he shows him the little band that his little girl has. And it's like, okay, so maybe this means he killed his family. For whatever reason, Sub-Zero kept them alive. And I don't know why he didn't kill them like he did however many years ago with Hanzo's, because he seemed to have frozen them the same way. And it would only make sense, because if we are trying to kill the bloodline, to kill the little girl would have been the most obvious thing immediately. Because, what, he was going to kill her after? You're right. The reason why he spared her or why they were alive when... He showed up is really not given to us. And B, also how they are alive seems really weird because that's a lot of ice. Mm-hmm. They weren't you know, dressed for like backpacking in the Alps or anything like that. They had fucking streetwear on and now they're in two or three inches of ice and they're like, I'll be OK <laughs> as long as you get me out soon, Dad. <laughs> I need a towel and a little fireball and I'll be fine. Bring me a cup of tea when you can. <laughs> but that ending fight was pretty good. And we get Scorpion back, and he finally gets to say the get over here thing. <laughs> he said the thing, yeah. He said My, the thing, but they put it in the trailer, so I wasn't really blown away at it. You notice it was different than the trailer? They redubbed it? No, I did not. That was one of the things. I thought it was fine when I heard it in the trailer. And, uh, and the trailer did sound more, uh, it had an accent. You know, I'm assuming it was the actor that plays him. Uh, that side of the line. So there was definitely like a Japanese accent in the trailer, but in this one, it was a more Americanized uh, version of the classic get over here. So I don't, I'm not sure why they made that change. Maybe because it is so iconic, but that was something that I, I did notice because I thought it was kind of neat that it's like, okay, now we're getting a more uh, culturally authentic Scorpion. And then they, they kind of changed it here and, and it took me out. And I know it's the the line and he has to say, it, but I was like, Oh, so he does know English. Is that, because, you know, that was a weird thing that kind of took me out of it. It was so nice of hell to offer him English lessons that right. he was waiting around down there for thousands of years. Well, they only taught him that one phrase. So just the one thing, because it is hell. Correct. They're they're nice, but they're not that great down there. No, no. But like you said, yeah, the fight with him and Sub-Zero, that was, uh, Palpa Kelly was watching. She came in and she started watching. She came in just for the very end. She's like, what's going on? And uh, I'm like, oh, Scorpion's back, and he's defending Cole. How'd he come back? I'm like, who who, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, it's a shitty movie. <laughs> like, I know they said like the blade, a, but whatever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Something to do with a blade and blood, and it's not really stated. Nobody really. We're, we're at the end. Nobody's going to ask questions. <laughs> no. <laughs> I really thought that Cole was going to become Scorpion. Like, I know that they established his arcana later or earlier, but I thought it would have been neat if he gained his ancestors' powers, and that would have been his arcana that would have unlocked at the very end of the film. That would have helped explain... You would need to explain how Hanzo came back. The spirit of Hanzo would have possessed Cole to carry out his revenge, and that's what would happen anytime he transforms into Scorpion. I thought that's really what was going to happen. Goddamn, sir, you just wrote a better movie. Like, did were, I mean, is that... I thought that's the direction we were heading in. They set it all up. Dude, that's such a better movie. I wish that that's the way that they went, because that would have made so much more sense of why he came back and what he was doing, what he was doing. Good call. God damn it. I'm pretty... Anyway, we can't rewrite it now. The movie ends. uh, Sub-Zero gets burnt. Scorpion goes back to hell. He gets his family out. I mean, it's almost a happily ever after. What bothered me the most in this happily ever after is that Sub-Zero did a pretty good job on this gym in terms of icing it up. And when we go to see... (laughs) Cole at the very end, no water damage, no icicles. It just looks exactly like it did at the beginning. And it's like, A, like the gym owner wasn't pissed about this or no explanation was given. It just looks fine. And I don't know why that 
that little point of continuity pissed me the fuck off. But there's no way that it would have gone back to looking exactly the same way it did after that so quickly. Yeah, that was a weird. I, I didn't notice. Oh, you, well, you know, you see it in the locker room, too, where they're like frozen. And he's like, oh, let me just open this right up. And yeah, you're right. I, now that you mention it, it's like, yeah, that, that doesn't. I was more focused on the family being perfectly OK with no frostbite or anything. Because we get a, a hint or a setup or I don't I don't know, but something cage. There's another guy coming. And that yeah. guy, who is it? Johnny Cage. All right. So Johnny Cage has a poster hanging in this gym. And I'm thinking to myself, that poster was iced up and dethawed out and it stayed so fucking pristine. <laughs> Fuck you people. I just had water get into my basement where a little bit got onto a poster and the thing's wrecked. Like, fuck you. That's not how water works at all. That <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I don't know why it stuck so hard for me, but everything in there should have been kind of ripped down and damaged. And like, he's kind of surfacing through an old locker, trying to find anything that may have still survived the ice yes. attack. But no, he's just back in the gym. Like it's a regular nine to fucking five. Like nothing fucking happened. Ooh, that part <laughs> pissed me the fuck off so bad. <laughs> Even like the coach or whatever is like, oh, like he's just running around. He has, he's got the towel. They're clearly using the place still already. <laughs> As if nothing happened at no. all. No, not at all. See, Sub-Zero's ice is different than our ice. It's magical, so it doesn't, I don't know. Like, it really, it's it's stupid. <laughs> it's really dumb. It, yeah, and so for the end, for them wanting to give me that MacGuffin of a character, I didn't really understand. It didn't. It just took me out of it, because the whole time I was going, that poster would be destroyed. But and, that, that was the movie, guys. I mean, I feel like we went through it pretty well. I'm sorry to say that the story didn't make sense to me almost at all, ever during it. It made sense to you i'd love to get into some conversation in the comments of trying to explain to me why this made sense to somebody who doesn't know 1992 to like almost 30 years worth of mortal kombat history this movie should be able to stand on its own of one cohesive piece if you ask me and one of the things i wanted to ask you because i it sounds like we're in the minority as far as it seems like most people enjoyed the, the movie and one of the things that has been coming up a lot and i don't know if you saw it on uh, instagram is people saying well why did you expect citizen kane out of mortal kombat 2021 and people are arguing like well why can't we expect a quality thing even no matter what it's based on why do we have to excuse it because it's a video game movie and uh, how do you feel about people kind of using that argument it's bullshit. It is the dumbest thing that I've ever heard in the fact of if that's not where you're going to sell me or if that is your model, don't give me any story. Give me 90 minutes of people just fucking each other up in super duper awesome ways. And then I'll be like, OK, great. I don't think asking for a cohesive story beginning to end is something I'm not asking for Citizen Kane, because to be honest, if you watch that movie, it's kind of boring as shit anyway. <laughs> But the story at least makes sense of this mogul who's like, I want to own the world. And then at the very end, he's like, fuck, I wish I just had that toy back. It makes sense. I just summed it up in two sentences. Sum up this movie in one. I dare you. You know, even the brief little thing that they gave on IMDb doesn't actually mirror what is being told here. Because, again, the movie's called Mortal Kombat and it has no Mortal Kombat in it. I don't think that that's reasonable. I don't think that that's something that will stand with any legs. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think it's an excuse either. I, I don't. I think it, it doesn't deserve a pass. I don't think any movie deserves that pass. I think it needs to uh, have uh, the very basics of what makes an okay or a decent movie. And that's that's what you, you need minimum. And if it doesn't have that, then uh, I don't know about you, but I'm going to trash the thing. And uh, it's not going to And the rest of the film, no matter how what else is around it is going to suffer because of it. So it, it's too bad. And I don't know if there's an extended cut out there that would help some of these things or some of these story points. But 
If we get to see that someday, great. The guy on Twitter was one of the actors on Twitter was saying that there's a ton of fight scenes that were cut from the film and maybe we'll get to see some of that. But in the meantime, you know what? Uh, if you enjoyed it, great. You know, if, if this was enough for you as a Mortal Kombat fan, awesome. But it's not something that I plan on watching again. I'll, I'll go back to the 1995 one instead. And that's the other thing with people of, you know, us, they'll maybe people out there will see what we're doing and it's like, They'll attack us, and it's at no point am I saying because I didn't like it that you shouldn't, or that because I didn't like it, it shouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that. It exists, and I chose to commentate on it. If you have a different one, that's great. Kind of go back to the bud section, start your own podcast, and you can talk about how much you fucking loved it. That's right. You know, start for a Mortal Kombat podcast. <laughs> exactly. Do the whole thing. Do every single minute. Do it frame by frame. Every episode is a frame of Mortal Kombat. You could do that, and I'm not going to say you're stupid or wrong for doing that. I don't even think anybody is stupid or wrong for liking this movie if you liked it. Mm -hmm. But personally, no, no. I'm not going to say hashtag no more Mortal Kombat, but I'm definitely not going to go hashtag release the next one. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with how it is. I watched it once, and I really don't believe that I'll watch it again. No. <laughs> Will you do any more talking about it on your podcast, do you think? No, I mean, we we did. There's a podcast. There's a review coming up I did with Julian. And Julian came to the exact same conclusion about Scorpion and, and Cole. And he actually had a crush on Kano. So he feels the opposite about Kano than than you did. But, uh, yeah, that, we did our, our share of hating. And he he's someone that is way more into the games than I am. And um, it, maybe if they announce a sequel, I'll be like, great you know go enjoy but I, I i don't even know if i'll cover that because i don't care about this particular franchise i don't like the way warner brothers is handling these movies they used to be a studio of of like respecting the outdoor director and letting them do what they want but these days it's about the bottom line and that's fine they're a business but it's their art is suffering because of it and it's a shame and i think this is another product of that it's really strange i was talking about it with a co-worker and just to kind of jump off really quick about netflix having 52 new movies every or 52 new movies this year. So one new movie a week and some movies look great, but that one with Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer where they're superheroes, that movie was fucking trash, bro. And the only reason that it got greenlit is because Melissa McCarthy's husband was the one who's like, I have an idea for a movie. <laughs> and in my opinion, the studios went, well, that's better than a nobody's idea because at least I know this guy. And that wow. kind of thinking is super dangerous, if you ask me. And it's the same kind of thing of what Warner Brothers is doing of, I don't care if it makes sense or not, the numbers or the people or the blank say that this is what this mm -hmm. is what it should be. It should be under two hours. It should be full of original characters. It should be kind of funny. And all that stuff in this movie just alone fucked it for me. I think it was the screen right now, the producer that recently the article came out of, they said, we approached Mortal Kombat 2021 with, OK, what would Marvel do? And then that's the direction they went in. So they basically copied a formula and they're like, we need to build a franchise who build who's the best at building franchises right now. We think it's Marvel. So let's see what they did. And let's try to do that here. And that's, I think, the root of the problem. Instead of trying to carve out your own path with what you think would be the best, they're trying to fit it into this formula or into this cookie cutter thing. And I think it's a studio thing of, well, we know the numbers uh, add up to this amount in the box office if we can make a thing that's like that. And that's what they're trying to do, regardless of what the franchise or the characters are. And it's, it's I, I, I don't know, like it, it's not filmmaking uh, as it was a decade ago. It's it's. They're all trying to sort of make the same thing. Agreed. And really quick, just to also continue to 
kick Kano in the dick. Going back to Marvel, Kano is their super or is their Spider-Man. Like after <laughs> you said that, it automatically made sense of like, oh, the reason I like it when Spider-Man does it is because he's a kid. It's because at 16, <laughs> that obnoxious slash cute line is a little bit wider to walk. But when I see this grown man who's supposed to be a assassin slash comic book artist, just, wow, you have all this time to not only sit around enjoying media, but then to whip out references at the moment. It's like, you're a man of all. It just, I can really see them now sitting down like, all right, well, we need a Spider-Man in this mm-hmm. Avengers. Who's going to be our Spider-Man? Make it Kano. Kano will be our funny one. Like, wow, can I see that? I can see exactly what you're talking about of them opening a blueprint and taking, all right, now I take this and put it there and boom. We hey, have a movie. <laughs> Marvel has a guy who fucking he gets around with lightning. We should do that too. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's so funny that you put it out there. All in all, though, I'm not gonna fail this movie. I don't know too much about Mortal Kombat. It was a D. It is there. I don't want to give it an F because I can't really say how bad it sucks compared to the mythology that is Mortal Kombat, because I don't know enough about it. Standing on its own just as a movie. Storyline was a D. The acting was in and around the same, maybe a C, because, again, I will never excuse birthmark. What's that? (laughs) Just fucking stupid. Where this really shines is the CGI. I can't say that anybody didn't look good or that the fights with all these crazy characters didn't look good. Just in that respect, there was just too much cutting. You know, just get give me a two shot. Let these people who are fucking awesome at doing their martial arts do their martial arts and then show me that. But there was a lot of cutting. Overall, I give it a D. What do you think? That's my exact grading. Uh, the I, I wasn't, it, it, you know, it's not Thor Ragnarok level of, uh, you know, that's a movie I'd fail. This wasn't quite on that level. And it's because of the CGI was great. And I don't think there was a scene where I'm like, no, that didn't quite look right. Uh, there was, everything looked solid. When Melina opens her mouth and you see all of the skin rip and stretch and you see all of those little details, like, that was amazing to me how they were able to pull that off. And I know I made fun of Goro as looking like Endgame Hulk, but that's not so much on Goro as it is on Hulk. Like Goro, I would have liked the puppetry, but you you know, you go back and you see the 1995 movie and it looks like a giant puppet. And this is the way they were able to do it in this one. And I thought they pulled it off okay. So, but it's because of the story. It's because of the, the weird character development sort of that we got with cole like it wasn't relatable at all to me and then the relatable character who was hanzo at the beginning of the movie doesn't show up until the very end in in a non-interesting way of he's here because the story demands it and you've got this blade and raiden said this thing about the bloodline and uh there just could have been i don't know if it could have used another rewrite or two or it was just there were too many what do they say fingers in the pie or, or cooks in the kitchen with the studio meddling around too much but uh, there was uh, yeah because of the cgi and a little bit of scorpion then it doesn't quite fail it for me so d as well agreed yeah definitely that opening scene saved them from a full failure i just wish that they took that opening scene and made a movie about that yes that's what you need a spin-off film of just scorpion and sub-zero give us that should have been it yeah definitely too hearing about what you're talking about two factioning assassin clans and they don't like each other and they're going to have to come together. And ha- yeah, that sounds like so much better than give him the uppercut, dad. <laughs> right. Go watch Mortal Kombat Legacy. Pull up the Scorpion at the two sub- Scorpion and Sub-Zero episodes. There's your movie right there. There's a better version of this story that's for free right now on YouTube. With that, though, I think that that will wrap up the superhero talk about this Mortal Kombat. 
Uh, sir, I can't say again. I, every time you're here, I take up so much of your time. We just talk so smoothly and so easily. And thank you for coming and putting so much time into this. I can't believe how quickly it goes. It always goes by real quick. Thank you, Nick, so much for inviting me back on. Uh, to the, it's not something I ever expect, so it is always a, a privilege uh, when you reach out to be on the show. So thank you so much. Well, that's good to hear because I'm going to do that right as soon as we get off here. I'm going to schedule your next one because it, it's always so much fun. It's almost too much goddamn fun. So I want to keep this going as long as you'll keep coming back. I'm going to keep asking you, sir. Awesome. Let's go. <laughs> if you want to find more of Daniel on, you want to hear more of him and his podcast, his co-hosts and all of that, go to the reasons I'm broke. I'm probably going to not probably, I'm going to put a description down below. I take all your links out of yours and I put them down there. I would highly suggest giving them a like, a follow all of those fun internet things because it's always a good time. I appreciate it. Thank you. No, thank you, sir. I have been Nick James. I've been Daniel. We are Buds, Bros, and Superheroes, and we are uh, out of here.